Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of Taking the Fields, a 24-7 sports podcast. I'm your host, John Fields, and joining me today is Matthew Bruni for our first basketball podcast of the season. Bruni, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. I, I told you uh, how much basketball I watched yesterday between North Texas, LSU, and then uh, the other Texas basketball I watched for the Dave Campbell's podcast I do. So we are just right into the thick of things, man, just thrown straight into the fire of basketball season. <laughs> I can't wait. I love it. Heck yeah. Well, and we've got a fun little North Texas game to talk about. Obviously, I'll recap it a little bit for you guys. They won 84-53 last night in their season opener over Oklahoma Christian. Five guys scored in double figures, led by uh, Coffeyville Community College transfer Tyler Perry. 22 points on the night, 8 of 10 shooting. And then uh, Mardrez McBride had 13, Thomas Bell had 14, J.J. Murray had 13, and Abu Usman had 10. So, Bruni, obviously, I know you got to watch the game on YouTube uh, later after it happened. Just what were your initial thoughts? Oh, man, I have so many thoughts. Um, (laughs) I Because I I took – obviously, I took notes from every game I watched. And so, uh, I had about – I have about 10 notes from this, like, different aspects of the game that I – you know, could talk about. I think the main thing is I expected the starting lineup with the experience they had, the returning talent that they had to be really good. And I think that they still can be really, really good. The, and, but settling into the game last year, if you remember Marjorie's McBride first game of the year shot, like lights out, I think it went like six or seven or something like that. Right. And I, yeah. I remember tweeting Drez can really shoot it. And this year he goes one of seven, right? Thomas Bell goes one of three from three. Uh, JJ Murray, two of five from three. Ruben Jones, 0 of five from three. So <clears throat> I remember in your recap, initially you were like 34.5% wasn't, it was a bad night shooting. And while 34.5%, 0.5% itself isn't bad. When you take away Tyler Perry's five of seven, they went five <laughs> of 22. So that's yeah. what, and watching the game, I could see what you were seeing, right? I could see it. Like it didn't look good it didn't look like they could really shoot the ball outside of Tyler Perry. So that was probably my main thing is they didn't look like they were, obviously they didn't look like a finished product, even though I went into the season expecting that starting five to kind of just like, just dominate games. um, Oklahoma Christian hung in there. um, And I wasn't expecting them to put up even 53 points, even though the defense, I don't think was bad, but that starting lineup, Still has some work to do is probably my my main takeaway. And that's probably pes- too a little too pessimistic. But, yeah, I, that's probably my takeaway. No, I, I agree with you on that. But if we are trying to go a little more positive, I mean, Tyler Perry's legit, man. Like, I was very impressed with him. And I don't really care about the 22 points. I mean, it is what it is. You're going to score points against a team like this. To me, it was just the ways he did it. Like, I saw one floater from him where I was like, okay, he's got sort of that – Javion Hamlet type of play for him. I think that floater is something that can be big for him going forward. Cause I mean, it went through clean. Like yeah. it, it wasn't just something he sort of rattled home. You could tell that's a shot he works on. And then the crazy shot to me, I mean, it's not like crazy moving forward. Like, Oh, he's going to do this all the time, but his shot right before halftime, he's got this one legged fadeaway three pointer and it somehow goes in. And I mean, the crowd goes wild at that point. I think that put him up like 15 at halftime or something like yeah. that. And I was like, okay, this guy can hoop. Like, he's a legit backup point guard, and he's going to be big for this team going forward, I think. That's my main takeaway on him, even if it's not, obviously, 22 points a game. Like, that would be ridiculous, but yeah, he's going to be big. 
Yeah, I have no problem starting with Tyler Perry because he did lead the team in scoring here. To go off what you're saying, I actually – I had him before the season, before I knew what the starting lineup was going to be a couple weeks ago or whatever, I thought Tyler Perry was going to start. Like, I thought he was going to be, like, their one and you either bring J.J. back off the bench. Um, oh, yeah, that's probably what – that's what I had initially was you bring J.J. back off the bench. But um, – and we'll get to J.J. in a bit. I loved his game and how he played. But Tyler Perry's – ability to shoot the ball and even albeit he is a smaller guard so I think defensively he's gonna have to obviously settle in and get comfortable he didn't look bad defensively at all to me yeah um but you're right he looks very under control looks like he knows what he's doing doesn't get ahead of himself take what the takes what the defense gives him I even wanted him to be more aggressive at times but it was his first game and he did get up 10 shots which is plenty but there's just there's just a certain aura about his game that I feel like I kind of understand to a degree being like a smaller guard, you know, I watching Mm. Tony Parker, watching Chris Paul, watching, and I'm not comparing him to them, but you know what I mean? Watching these smaller guards and how they kind of control the game to a degree. He doesn't look like he's sped up and he's not a high assist guy either. Like he's not going to be a guy that's going to go in and create some crazy Chris Paul-esque pass, but he just the control of the game that he has, I was really impressed with. So bringing him off the bench as a microwave slash backup point guard is a big, big boost to this team because last year that was kind of like Ruben to to an extent. Ruben and JJ were obviously yeah. the backup guards. Now they're in the starting lineup. They're going to have to play better. You you plug in uh, Tyler Perry, and I, I, I love this backcourt rotation. Well, and we did see some interesting lineups uh, early in the game. At one point, they went to Ruben, Tyler, J.J., Thomas, and Abu, and I think that could be an interesting lineup they use in spots. And then at one point, they went a small ball lineup with Tyler, Drez, J.J., Ruben, and Thomas. And that one's kind of intriguing, too, because you've got all sorts of production all over the floor. Um, so I think there's a lot of ways they're going to end up utilizing these guys. And to me, the one thing that I sort of took away was after the game, McCaslin was talking about how – Um, he was just trying to get like a core group of guys sort of comfortable together. And from there he could sort of experiment with more of his depth and that kind of stuff. But he's just trying to get those guys sort of meshed together. And like you said, the starting lineup, it wasn't pretty all game, obviously a rough night for Ruben shooting wise, rough night for Drez before he got some buckets late. But yeah, I think the ceiling is pretty dang high for this team with what we've seen from some of those depth pieces and some of the guys that we didn't even see much of like, I mean, Matthew Stone came in and hit a three-pointer real quick. Bryce Zephyr got an easy layup. I mean, I'm not saying those guys are going to be otherworldly, but they've got some serious depth. I will say, I will say, Matt Stone and Aaron Scott looked legit. Yeah. Matt Stone only played three, or what was it, uh, two minutes. The three-pointer he shot was 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 legit. That That's a shooter. I, I know a shooter yeah. when I see one. He can, he can score the ball. And we knew that out of high school he could score the ball. And then Aaron Scott hit that little turnaround jumper at the very end, too. And that yep. was a little bit of a freedom type play. Like, okay, I can shoot the ball right now. And Cause early on, he had only taken one shot in his first like six minutes. That was a really smooth shot too. And so he's sliding into that eighth man position that I really, really like. He looks like a really good basketball player, like just fundamentally at like, what is he? Six, seven, yeah. six, seven, something like that. And as a, as like a wing forward hybrid, I really like Aaron Scott out there. Um, so that was another big takeaway. I thought the freshman looked great. Um, those two specifically, obviously we didn't get to see Chris Morgan. I'm assuming he's going to redshirt pretty obviously with Amir Wright and, uh, Abu Usman, Usman. Uh, and I think, I mean, we can go to them real quick. If you want just the two centers, yeah. Abu and, and Amir, man, 
Abu looks thin. <laughs> yeah, Abu's dude. Thin. No, he, he's like, I remember seeing something preseason about him dropping even more weight than he did pre uh, preseason last year. And I mean, he looks good moving around out there, man. And uh, have to wonder if he listened to the podcast and heard me say he might disappoint this year, man, because he came out sort of making a statement on offense. They wanted to feed him early, man. Yeah, he's and I, I think against this team, obviously, and against teams that maybe aren't as good, he can do that. I still yeah. need to see it against good competition because Zach Simmons was doing that against everybody. Zach Simmons could do that against Purdue. Like that's the difference. So Abu five of seven, I thought he was really good. Even the ones he missed, I felt good about six boards. Um, only the four one fouls turn- are a little concerning. Yeah, the four fouls are a little concerning. Uh, he only he did only have one turnover. So give him, give him credit there. Uh, but yeah, he will need to continue to improve on, on defense, but just the ability to jump is something we hadn't seen from him before. I think rebounding wise um, and defensively, I think the ability just to jump a little bit higher and to extend a little bit more mm. is something I think we hadn't seen before. And so him and Amir Wright, I think is a really solid uh, one, two punch at center uh, in conference USA. No, I agree. And I wanted to get back uh, to something interesting you mentioned with Aaron Scott seeing a fair amount of time. I mean, he seemed like he was legitimately like the backup four. He came in for Thomas a couple times early in the game when Thomas was struggling, which sort of segues into my next point, which is like, I mean, Thomas Bell, he finishes 14 points, 12 boards, draws a couple charges. But to me, it wasn't really that impressive of a game from him. I mean, the five turnovers were really not great at all. And they just... I think some of it was just him like not in great spots. Like there were a couple of times where they had him posted up pretty close to the three point line and he would try to take the guy. And I was like, if you're going to post him up, that's way too far out to be trying to do that. In my opinion, like you're sort of setting him up for failure at that point. And he yeah. turned it over a couple of times there trying to turn on a guy or whatever and losing the ball. So to me, Thomas Bell might've been the most disappointing performance of the first game. And that's saying something because he still had a lot of positive moments, but the five turnovers for me were just way too many. Yeah, you could tell. I think a few of those early came on against the Oklahoma Christian zone. And so one yeah. of my first notes was North Texas under McCaslin has always struggled against zones to a degree. Uh, last year, they barely played anybody who played zone. But Oklahoma Christian came out, played a very active 2-3 zone, um, active inside the perimeter, that is, kind of giving them the three-point shot. And so Thomas caught it at the high post a lot and turned and turned it over a few times trying to make passes. Um, and so that that wasn't surprising to me that they couldn't really beat a zone, They and, and especially since they were missing threes early. And so the early struggles, like when I saw it, um, your tweet updates throughout the game early on. I was like, Oh damn, that's not good. It's like 14, 14. They were losing like, this is bad. When I watched the game, I was like, all right, yeah, they, they still struggle against zones. And this has happened every single year. Like you look at Eastern Michigan two years ago when they lost to them at home, mm. like they, they, they just can't beat zones typically. So, um, but I do agree. I mean, Thomas, you know what you're going to get from him. You know, you're yeah. going to get really, really good defensive play. You know, you're going to get great rebounding. He's the best rebounding on this team. He's, one of the best rebounders in conference USA. Um, if he can hit go one for three for one from one for three from three on a nightly basis, obviously I'd like that to be like more like five three point attempts per game. But you know, if he can go one of three, I'm not too mad at it. Gets to the free throw line five times. Um, he does need to be. We we need him to be a top five player in conference USA, right? We need a yeah. first team all conference caliber player. And he didn't play like that last night, so I'll give. I I do agree with you there. Um, it is just I 
I want to, I'm, and I know you're not saying like you're worried about it moving forward, but no, you know, moving forward, it'll be interesting to see how he kind of takes over because he's never been in that position where, Hey, Thomas, you got to be the best player on this team every single night. Like it's not negotiable at this point. So yeah, that it is interesting to see. He only took nine shots, you know, did have five turnovers. How is he going to handle being the best player on this team moving forward? Well, and there was, now that you brought up the zone defense, that was sort of an interesting point that I wanted to get to, which was obviously Drez goes one of seven, Ruben goes 0 of five. You talked about the three-point shooting wasn't great outside of what Tyler Perry did, five for seven. But to me, some of that was just guys getting a little, like settling for shots now that I think about it outside of the zone, because they were giving them those three-pointers and it's easy, like you got an open three-pointer, but if you're not actually getting a shot in rhythm and you're just sort of cranking one up there, you're going to have nights like this where you go 10 for 29 because you're sort of settling for those shots instead of sort of working the ball around. And I do remember seeing a few where they would work the ball inside and get a kick out for three. And I was like, I already know that's going in because those are just the basketball kind of plays where if you get a paint touch and then kick it out for three, those shots go in more times than they really should statistically, at least from my experience. Like those are just shots that, you know, have a great chance of going in. So if they just weren't quite as, I don't know, passive maybe isn't the right word, but settling for so many of those threes, which McCaslin touched on in his press conference, I think it would have been an even better offensive performance. And they still found a way to put up 84 points. Yeah, and they still shot 55% from the field. Like, they, they just – they score – and this was it, this was the case the past two years. They score inside the arc just at an incredibly efficient rate, just ridiculously yeah. efficient rate. Um, look at now, what was it? They go 24 of – let me quick math. 24 of 33. Is that right? Inside the arc? I mean, just off the top of my head, 62 minus 29 yeah, is 33. Yeah, that math looks right. Yeah. That's absurd. 24 of, of 33 inside the arc. Like, that's what this team did last year and the year before when they were winning championships. But they had Javion Hamlet and Zachary Simmons before. And now I want to get to the backcourt here because we haven't talked about them yet. The <clears throat> Drez and, and Ruben. So Drez goes one of seven from three. Ruben goes one of five from three. Um, and then you look at Drez's stat sheet and he goes five of six inside the three-point line. And yeah. I thought he was great attacking the rim. Not, not good. I thought he was great attacking the rim. Like those finishes. Yeah. Did you see that dunk? That dunk was crazy. <clears throat> the, between the dunks, the tough layups, he was finishing everything. And that's what this team needs. They, need, they don't need Drez to be a guy to come in and shoot eight threes a game. I, I, I wouldn't mind it on occasion, but they need him to get to the rim because JJ Murray is awesome. Really good. Can get to the rim. Thomas Bell can get to the rim. Abu can post up and, and finish around the paint, but there's something different when Drez drives. Drez is a different type of guy when he can get to the rim because he can finish and he can do what he did last night when he can dunk on people. He, he has that threat. And the defense has to respect that to a degree. So that's that's just a different animal, you know, when he oh, gets yeah. to the to the rim compared to when JJ gets to the rim. And um, I'll be again, JJ had a really good game. I really liked what I saw from him, but Drez specifically has that pop to him. So I would like to see him early in games establish that, you know, transition, uh, half court off ball screens. If he gets a sliver of space go just go mm-hmm. if you get an, if you get a charge call once a game i don't mind it because you got to just go sometimes so um that aspect of the game i really liked i'm not too worried about his three-point shot because i think that's going to be fine 
No, I agree. I mean, it'll come as we saw last year when he turned it up conference USA tournament and then the NCAA tournament games. So yeah, I agree. I'm not real worried on three point shooting for these guys in general, that'll come. And I have a feeling the free throw shooting will come too, even though it was, I mean, six of 13, 46%, like that's not good at all, but you have a feeling that'll come for these guys. Yeah, that's kind of a low, kind of a low sample size. Yeah. Um, um, what do you think of Ruben? I, I don't know, man. I don't know what to make of Ruben at this point. It's tough because I think he was one of those main guys that was settling for threes a little too much, which if you want to go sample size, it's just one game. And he shot like 40% from three last year. So he's a guy yeah. you want shooting threes. It's just, they weren't falling tonight. And when he's settling for threes like that, it feels like it throws off the rest of his game a little bit. Like he's not in that same sort of attacking mentality. And then you see the one shot he makes all night, probably the hardest shot he took all night was like this little fall away five foot kind of layup shot where he had the defense draped all over him and he just hits it anyway, just cause he's that talented. Yeah. So that's where you see just the immense potential for him. It's just about finding that balance between when he needs to be attacking versus settling for threes and that kind of thing and getting everybody involved. So, I mean, I still feel good about him going forward. It's just, I don't think the shot selection tonight was necessarily where it needed to be completely. It's going to be really interesting. Last because, night. Yeah. This is the first time in since, I mean, even this might be the first time of, no, it is the first time the Graham Castle area where there's not a ball dominant point guard. Mm. You go from Ryan Woolridge to Javion Hamlet. Who, who is that? Who there, there, that's no one this year, right? And that's yeah. the whole thing, right? This year is supposed to be more open offense. It's supposed to be more ball movement. It's supposed to be more you know, inclusion of players, whether that is Abu, Thomas, JJ. You go down the list. Everybody can kind of create for themselves on this team as far as the, the starters go. And I think even if you include Tyler Perry to a degree, you go to those top six players can all score when with the ball in their hands. So, but now we look at Ruben, right? Last year he was a very defined role. You come in off the bench, you create a little bit, you shoot a little bit, um, you push the push the pace a little bit, and you get and you go back to the bench. That's not gonna fly this year. You know, this year you're gonna play. He played 32 minutes last night. You're gonna have to play 30 minutes a game. Now you're gonna have to space out. You're going to have to pace yourself to a degree, but also give great intensity on defense, obviously. You're going to have to be able to shoot the ball at a high level. You're going to have to be able to create at a high level. You just have to do so much. You don't have to be Javion Hamlet, but you need to be at least like half a Javion Hamlet here, right? You got to pick your spots here where you're going to be just like a really, really good creator. And that's what his best attribute is, right? He's a great passer, great facilitator. And he just wasn't able to, I think the zone early on kind of threw him off. Um, I will say that again. Yeah. I, I just don't think that they're a good team against his own. So we'll see. Ruben, maybe in a little bit more of an open court type game, maybe a, uh, in a game against a man team where they can get in, their, get in their offense a little bit more and get some ball screen actions. We'll see. I'm not worried about him, but it is going to be interesting to find, to see how they kind of figure out those roles. Like it can't be a my turn, your turn type thing. It just got to be in the flow of the offense because they have, four guys in that starting lineup I trust to make plays. So like who's going yeah. to do it? No, exactly. And I did, I meant to highlight JJ a little more earlier, but it was a career high in him for points and rebounds with 13 points and seven boards. So shout out to him for a career night. And I really think like those points and rebounds were more important than like the stat sheet shows to me, because especially early on when they were sort of going back and forth with Oklahoma Christian 
think it was tied 14-14 with like nine, nine and a half minutes left to go in the first half. And JJ and Abu, I think, were a couple guys who really made some key shots at moments in that game to really help them either stymie off the Oklahoma Christian runs or then go ahead and pull away because they went on a big run. I think it was like 28 to 12 or 13 or something down the stretch to go up mm-hmm. 15 at the half. And I think JJ and Abu were big parts of that. But I just wanted to shout out JJ especially because he did have career highs, points and rebounds, and then four steals too. We got to give JJ, JJ a shout out. Anybody who's been on our podcast – has to get a shout out. <laughs> um, JJ and Thomas, especially. Um, yeah, JJ, I, I love the way he plays. Just oh, what, a, what a guy. I mean, five and nine from the field, two or five from three. Um, only one for three from the free throw line. He's got to get that up. <laughs> but uh, seven boards, three of which were offensive. Like he just yeah. runs in there. And I, I mean, sure, I'm kind of worried about like the transition defense to a degree, but like he just runs in there to go get offensive rebounds. <laughs> like it doesn't like he's six foot feet, six feet tall. And he just runs in the middle of these other six, eight dudes to go get a rebound. Like me being someone who's routinely like shorter than everybody else playing basketball. No, no, <laughs> I, I'm not doing that. I can't do that. Uh, I don't, I'm the toughness he plays with four steals. Um, just the way he drives the ball, he finds the seams in, in the defense and makes plays on it with his jump stops, with his finishing. JJ is just a tremendous player. He's going to have a really good year. Again, kind of like Ruben, you're going to have to, he has to take a step forward, you know, yeah. in a different role, doing this for 30 minutes instead of 13 minutes. It's a very, very different thing. But we saw in the tournament last year, he played a ton of minutes and he was fine. So I'm not worried about him. He, you know what you're getting from JJ every single night, and he's just a he's a he's a good player, man. He's a really good player. Did he have did he have the second best game of anybody last night? I, I mean, probably because yeah, you go so. Tyler Perry, Tyler Perry the best, and then probably JJ right after that because yeah. Drez wasn't all that impressive. Abu was solid, but yeah, I agree. JJ was probably better than anybody else aside from Tyler. Yep. All right. Anybody? All right. We talked about the starters now, right? We touched yeah. on everybody there. Um, let me see if I have anything else here. Um, all right. I, I have a question here. Is there a concern about the depth of this team at all? Um, I don't really, I don't think so too much. We like, skipped over I mean, Hamir. We talked Abu. We didn't yeah. talk about Hamir. I didn't think Amir was bad. Played 13 minutes, um, was one one from the field, um, which was like a little inside move, which was nice, but didn't really do anything else. Had two fouls, one steal, one block. What, what did you think of Hamir Wright, and do you think he's he's fine moving forward? I, I definitely think he's fine going forward. I think the fouls put him out of the game a little bit. I think he got in his own head a little bit at times after he did pick up those fouls. So, to me, I think he's going to be fine. I've seen him plenty in practice going toe-to-toe with Abu at times. As long as – I mean, for both of those guys, really, I think it's about the mental side. And if both of those guys can sort of get through some of those, I don't know, mental struggles, if you want to call them that, if those guys can work through that stuff – they're going to be, as you said, a solid one-two combo in the post for these guys. Yeah, um, I agree. I think he's going to be fine. I, I need to see more of him personally. I know you've seen him at practice, so I trust what you're saying more than me. Um, but yeah, I just need to. I need to see more of him. I don't know. I, I I would love to see him shoot a three. You know, I'd love to. Yeah. To see him and used in different ways than Abu because they kind of just used him the same as Abu, and I feel like you can't do really do that. You got to space him out sometimes. You got to give him some options and the um on the court but yeah i thought he was fine uh i i need to see 
what he can do against better competitions. And we will see that very, very soon. So I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, I agree. And if you want to talk a little more about the depth, I mean, we saw some of those guys, as you said, Aaron Scott, Matthew Stone. I mean, right there, that's at least eight deep. And then you get whatever you're going to get out of Bryce Zephyr and Rasheed Brown, too. So, I mean, there's 10 guys there that can maybe play. And I think you have, even with those Stone and Scott being freshmen, you got a couple guys there who seem like, I mean, they just know how to play basketball, man. They're going to, if you can get them comfortable enough in situations, they're going to be a solid, you know, seven and eight guys for you. Yeah. The two years ago, the eighth man was Roosevelt smart and Rose was <laughs> Rose was, uh, he, he had a great career. He was fine. That last year he was kind of like a mascot to a degree. Right. He came in. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you were coming or if you were, you were what a freshman at that point. Um, yeah. He came in. I remember there was like, I think it was the old Dominion game or something like that, where he came in and hit like four or five threes and was like, Yeah, Rose is back. He wasn't back. It, we, he still was not a good eighth option there. Last year, you look at it, they had off the bench Ruben, JJ, and Abu. And that's a really strong three. Yeah. <clears throat> this year, I, I think still, I'm not worried. Tyler Perry's going to be good. Amir Wright, I think, is going to be fine. Oh, duh. Yeah. I forgot Tyler Perry came off the bench. So really, you got like nine guys there. Yeah. Um, Aaron Scott has to be that eighth man for this team. Cause I think you're right. I think he's the backup four. And so if you look at this team, it's like you have your guard rotation, right? Drez, uh, JJ, Ruben, and Tyler, right? You have your four guards that can fill in the twos and threes. And then you have your four or your centers, Abu and Amir basically can only play the five. I think Amir might be able to play four, but whatever. Yeah. Then you have Thomas Bell at the four. And I'm interested to see, basically tonight it was, um, it was, uh, lost, uh, Thomas Bell played 31 minutes. Aaron Scott played eight minutes. That basically takes you the whole game. And you were right about that. So I mentioned, is he just a replacement for Thomas? Can he play at the three sometimes, you know, if they want to play bigger? Um, I, I am interested to see how versatile Aaron Scott is and how polished he is as a freshman, because I don't yeah. know at the moment. But if he is able to be a solid eighth man and play the three slash four, that's a big boost for this team this year. No, I agree. And from what I've seen out of him, I think he really can be that guy. Like I've seen some flashes of stuff from him in practice where I'm like, this dude's a hooper, man. Like he can play. So I'm not terribly concerned about that, even for a freshman. I mean, he's going to have growing pains. Like, you know, any newcomer on this team will have Tyler Perry is going to have those times this season too. I mean, like everybody else, but I think, I think Aaron Scott is like going to be a legit, you know, bench option for these guys, barring something crazy happening with somebody else really breaking out. Yeah. If we look at just general stuff, do you have anything else on the, on the individuals before we move on? Um, no, I think that's all I got on individuals. So if we look at like the overall team, uh, some stuff, I thought they rebounded as a team really, really well. Um, I was impressed with Oklahoma Christians transition defense. Hank Dickinson mentioned it as well. I mean, I thought they were getting back really well. Uh, North Texas in the game with 15 fast break points, but you know, it wasn't a night where they were just able to really push it even when they wanted to, you know, they're not like a fast team in general, but Oklahoma Christian did a good job getting back. So pace-wise, I thought it was about what we usually see. It was a pretty slow game, especially when Oklahoma Christian was in the zone. Um, but the rebounding was big. Uh, the points in the paint were obviously big. 46 points in the paint is you're going to win a lot of games at that at that rate. And 13 assists I thought was, was impressive as well. And not for nothing, 
holding Oklahoma Christian to seven assists for the entire game is kind of what this team is. I think I mentioned this before that you're usually going to beat North Texas with individual talent, not with yeah. team talent, if that makes sense. So, yeah, well, and we saw that last year with who was it, Isaiah Crawford at Louisiana Tech. Exactly. I mean, he had like 30 points or something when La Tech edged them out in that season series splitter or whatever it was. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah, so th- that's kind of one of the general things uh, I had. They only allowed – Oklahoma Christian only shot 12 threes for the game. Some of that was really good defense. Some of that was Oklahoma Christian just completely forcing it inside, which kind of worked to a degree. I uh, got North Texas in some foul trouble. Um, but, yeah, those are kind of some of my general takeaways um, from, from the win. Yeah, I was – I don't know, maybe a little, just a little concerned on the offensive glass, Um, not North Texas offensive glass, but Oklahoma Christian, they got seven offensive boards, which like isn't a ton, but I don't know, at times it just didn't seem like North Texas was boxing out well enough or getting, you know, getting on the glass well enough there. And it's going to happen. You're going to give up some offensive boards, but I would just like to see a little more, I guess, effort or a little more, um, I guess, mindset toward ensuring you get a good box out and not giving up those offensive boards. Because I thought, especially early on, I thought that was some of what was killing them a little bit and keeping Oklahoma Christian in the game. Yeah. Um, I, do you, Did they look – here's the last question I'll, I'll ask. Did they look better or worse than you were expecting? Um, For me, they looked better. They looked better. And this is without seeing practice. You've seen practice, so you might have higher expectations. I went into kind of having a little bit lower expectations, um, but they still looked like a North Texas team. They still looked like they were in control of the game. Like I said, when I saw it was 14-14, I was like, oh, no, this is not good. (laughs) This is not good at all. And the offense was struggling sometimes, but I think I, I left that game thinking, no, they were in control of that game defensively i think they're fine offensively i think there's a really high ceiling for this team still and they're still they still do all the small things as far as physicality goes defend uh, defensive principles go so i i feel good about this team yeah no i definitely still feel good about these guys and i thought it was i mean they got the job done overall you end up winning by 30 points over oklahoma christian i mean if you say at the beginning of the game that's going to be the result i think you take that you know 100 times out of 100 um but I'd like to defer to JJ Murray on this because we talked, I talked with him post game and he said, based on how, I mean, they scrimmaged Oral Roberts, they played an exhibition against Arkansas. He said, based on how they played in those games, he felt like they've got a lot, they could have played a lot better. Um, and I would tend to agree with that. I think there were a lot of ways in this game where they could have played better, whether, whether it was the turnovers, um, mm-hmm. obviously the free throw shooting wasn't great, but I think there's plenty of room for improvement. So I thought it was a good showing, but I think they're only sort of scratching the surface here of where they need to be come conference time. Yep. I definitely felt like this is, this is there. I'm, I'm, I can't wait. Cause I think that this is a team that can compete with anybody in conference USA. So that, that much I'll say, I'm excited for that. Um, looking ahead, Buffalo and UT Arlington, we'll probably do a podcast, I guess, after the UT Arlington game, cause we don't do it every single game, but, uh, Buffalo and UT Arlington next week. So you have, they have about what, six days until the next game at this point. Yeah. Uh, That, that, those, that's a big step up competition. I think I said Buffalo was like top 80 in the country. That's and ranked higher. They're supposed to be better than North Texas. That's that's, that's not get it twisted, but they have them at home, Buffalo. And then you have UT Arlington and UT Arlington is not going to be as good. UT Arlington might be like, 
the third worst team on their non-conference schedule, fourth, something like that. So the Buffalo game is really the one we need to watch for. That's going to be a fascinating game between two really, really solid teams. I don't know anything about Buffalo besides that they're good, but yeah. I'm excited to see it. And James Reese went there for a little bit. So that's all I know. About that. <laughs> no, I agree, man. And coach Mack mentioned it a little after the game, he was like, these guys are going to be a real, a real test. They're a really good team. I think he might've even called them like top 50 in the country or something like mm-hmm. that, which I mean, I, I trust coach Mack with his evaluations of these guys. Cause clearly he, yeah. I mean, he knows when he's going against a good team, he's a basketball coach for a reason. So I mean, I'm excited to see what they look like against those guys. And then, I mean, if you look even farther forward, I'm really excited to see what they look like against Nevada on December 4th after they've played some tough teams and that kind of thing. Because Nevada, as we've talked about, probably the toughest team on this non-conference schedule outside of, I mean, the heavyweights like Kansas and whoever else they play at the uh, ESPN Invitational. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So we'll see. Um, I don't have anything else here. If you have any other points you want to take us to, before you wrap it up, but I thought that was good just to get our initial thoughts out there. Um, and just, I, I think it's, it's going to be another really fun team. I think Tyler Perry off the bench is just a huge boost. I, all four guards that they have in the starting rotation in that rotation. I love Drez, Ruben, JJ and Tyler. Again, they didn't all didn't have their best nights, but there, there will be games where one or two are have off nights and then the other two have to pick it up. So, and I, I think they're talented enough to do that. No, I agree 100%. I'd love to end it on that, which is just, it's going to be an exciting year, man. And it's sort of refreshing to see that given some of the stuff we've watched with football this year. And I'm not trying to rag on them too much, but like, (laughs) it's refreshing to see a team you can legitimately, you know, get excited about after one game. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I'm excited for covering this men's basketball season and excited to get another year under my belt watching these guys and just see what their ceiling is and how well they actually do. It's going to be fun to see how all these newcomers get in yeah last thing i'll say is everybody understand there will be some losses in the non-conference schedule last year we remember it there was like the losses the losses they go into conference i think four and six and everybody was losing their mind it's it this this non-conference schedule is just as hard if not more difficult um but like i said buffalo top 70 80 team uh Johnson is not as good but they're not a pushover can't that that whole ESPN tournament's gonna be a gauntlet? Just oh, yeah. do that. So don't don't worry if they get beat by forty by Kansas. I don't think they will, but I'm just saying don't be worried. Nevada, you already mentioned it. Really good team. Wichita State, really good team. Tulsa's not nobody. Like just everybody, just prepare. It's the long. It's a marathon. <laughs> it's not a sprint. It's a marathon with this team every single year. It's a marathon, not a sprint. So that that's all I'll say. I'll wrap it up on that. Oh, 100%, man. All right. Well, let's get out of here then. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Follow the podcast on SoundCloud. Leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at MeanGreen247. Follow Bruni at MatthewBruni underscore. And follow me at JohnFieldZero. We'll catch you guys next time.